0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff, joining me from a remote location. The the busy working individual that you are, uh, please welcome my other co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, how are you doing this week?
1: And I am having a very Christmassy week. I'm am uh, seeing a bunch of Christmas concerts uh, elsewhere in the state. I normally am from the Seattle area. But right now, I'm over in central to eastern Washington uh, and traveling and just having a good time, a very Christmassy Yuletide time.
0: guess if you're in the, the Leavenworth area, yeah. feel free to stop by the prison as well as uh, Mark's uh, Mark's concerts. Hey, <laughs> right, I'll
1: be there in Kansas in Leavenworth uh,
0: behind bars. Oh, is that where... <laughs> Why did I always think Leavenworth Prison was in Washington? I only lived don't there for know. a decade. I, don't know. I think they should funny. move it. If you are gonna name that, if you are gonna name, you know, your city after another city that has a prison like that, I think you should do it. But no, Leavenworth is a very pretty, very pretty part of Washington, and especially during Christmas, the uh, they really do that town up. So they
1: are they are a Christmas town. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Mark, I am going to give you the option of. Uh, like I tend to do every now and then, uh, the option of maybe not talking about baseball history this week, um, if you want okay. to, we can. But I don't know if you heard last week, Nick Cannon dropped this diss track on Eminem, and mm. it just shook the world. Oh man,
1: you know what? That just kind of does shake the foundations of everything I believe in. I don't think I could talk about something that deep right now. I'm sort of in a Christmasy, a little too uh, emotional mood. Yeah, I'll be too <laughs> emotional with that. I think we should talk well, about baseball
0: all right well don't worry about it because he had like eight other rappers on it and they all rapped and then he came on and said like two lines at the end and who's nick cannon to call eminem i mean yeah like come on cannon. man
1: yeah named um, after a, a sorry early I, turn of the century
0: <laughs> i i watched way too many youtube videos to try and understand why there's even a a feud between these two <laughs> that, that's pretty funny uh, yeah, the the overall consensus is Eminem doesn't even need to release a track because Nick Cannon has essentially embarrassed himself enough. But let's move on and let's talk about actual baseball. Sure. Uh, we do need to venture into Kangaroo Court here to start off the episode, which is never. Oh, no, what I say? No, this one was on me. This was on me. One of our astute listeners pointed out that when we were talking about Baby Shark a couple of weeks ago. I know that doesn't narrow it down because we talked about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if I said Jose Manny or Geraldo Para, but I, point being, I think I mentioned anybody whose last name was actually Para <laughs> at, <laughs> at one point.
1: The, the Paras were uh, somebody was mentioned.
0: There, yeah, so uh, I was I was called out on that. I'm I'm admitting to it. I'm gonna have to go ahead and find you though for not catching it as usual. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I always get fined for not catching it. Man, I got to be more on my toes, I'm telling it, you.
0: It really is one of your main jobs here. And uh, so I'm going to have to go ahead and find you $10 for that.
1: I'm looking down my list of jobs. I do not see fact checker.
0: Oh, uh, it's just, it's implied. Oh, well, okay.
1: Then I'll send you the money.
0: <laughs> big news. Big, big news just came out, by the way. And I think uh, if you follow our social media accounts, you've seen that I've been pretty excited about this new book about ricky henderson dropping sometime in the i think it's supposed to be first quarter of 2020 man i could not be more excited about this uh there have been some some hints on twitter about some of the topics that have been brought up and the book is going to be called man of steel ricky henderson and the legend of oakland and i am so excited and you know be i've been retweeting a lot of these things uh from from the author but one of my favorite things is i've been reading all the comments on all of all the posts about this and this is such a great story and i i 100 believe this to be true Uh, one of the one of the twitter uh, followers on on one of these threads told a story about how they used to work at a cell phone store in emeryville so emeryville is just a little bit south of of uh, Berkeley, just a little bit north of Oakland. Sure. It's it's where yeah. Pixel uh, uh, Pixar Studios uh, is, and it's where the old stadium for where the Oakland Oaks used to play is actually on the Pixar campus. Uh, but they, they said that Ricky would forget his passwords to all of his accounts all the time, and he would come <laughs> in the store, and they had a note, you know, on his account in the computer that said it was okay to give him his passwords. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And supposedly for doing this, he also tried to give an official invitation that he got from the Hall of Fame to one of the people at the store for helping him. Wow. So, this is, I 100% believe this to be a true Ricky Henderson story. There's a lot of false ones out there. I believe this one to be true. Is a unique individual. He is, uh, he is something. <laughs> but I am so, I, my life's kind of on hold for this. Star Wars, you know, coming out later this week. But as soon as I get done with that, it's a, it's on hold for this book. So about well, Christmas, excited. Jeff. Yeah. Well, it's it's not it's not it's going to be probably in February or, or March. But
1: oh, okay. So you'll be able to coast through Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I,
0: can, I can. I think I'll. I think I'll manage. Uh, but for you, Mark, I have several Nolan Ryan facts that happen to have just come up this last week. Oh and man, I'm, curious I'm excited. To, I'm curious to know if you because these are some some kind of obscure ones. So I'm curious to know if you know them, but they're, they're fun nonetheless. So yeah. we we've talked many times about your boy, Nolan Ryan with the seven career, no hitters, right? Mm-hmm. He had five more games in which he had a no hitter broken up in the ninth inning. <laughs> no way. I did not know that. <laughs> That's incredible. That's insane. That I mean, that is, I mean, he was one inning away five times from having 12 career no-hitters.
1: That's that's dominance, man. That's unbelievable.
0: Wow. All, all five of those were broken up with one out. So that he wasn't even an inning away. He was two outs away oh. from
1: that. Oh, man. Who are the jerks that ended this possibility? I mean, how dare they step up there and get a hit?
0: I he probably knocked the next guy down yeah. <laughs> on, on all five occasions.
1: I would have, but uh, he's more of an even-keeled guy than me.
0: Uh, so here, here is uh, I can actually give you a rundown of some of these. 1974, he was pitching with the Angels. He gave up a single to Dick Allen of the White Sox, with, with one out in in the uh, in the ninth. He then gave up two more hits and was actually tagged with the loss on a White Sox walk off. Oh, <laughs> so that, that one really, you're going to the ninth inning and you're like, oh my gosh, it's another no hitter, and then he ends up losing
1: about having the rug pulled out from under you as a fan jeez
0: yeah that one was that must have been tough then 1979 against the yankees he gave up a single to reggie jackson no shame there angels went on to win that game 1988 astros versus the phillies give up a single to another hall of famer mike schmidt again absolutely mm-hmm. no shame there no nope. uh, the phillies would rally to tie the game in the ninth inning but the astros uh, took the lead in the 10th and held on for the victory 89. Now he's with the Rangers. Had a no-hitter going into the ninth against the Toronto Blue Jays when Nelson Liriano tripled. I'm, <laughs> I'm tripled. pretty sure. Yeah. So it's a week later. Liriano tripled again to break up a no-hitter in the ninth against the Angels. Kirk McCaskill. Now I remember one of those was down the right field line. I don't remember if it was the the Ryan or the uh, McCaskill one, but
1: man. I tell you what, man that that's insane. To, to how many how many no hitters have been broken up by triples? He did it twice in, in <laughs> one
0: season. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it it was well, actually within one week. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is bizarre. That is kind of weird. And we then later that game. year, in in August of eighty nine, uh, against the Tigers, Dave Bergman. I remember Dave Bergman. I think he was a third baseman. Broke up the no hitter. For the tigers and he followed up by giving up a double to matt noakes and it was taken out of the game but the rangers held on to win oh man i got a couple more here uh he had so he had 12 one hitters in his career and 18 two hitters yes. yeah. he had only four complete games where he did not walk a batter because obviously mm. I th- doesn't nolan ryan hold the record for most career walks yes he
1: walks he used to walk a lot of batters
0: so Nolan Ryan had more career no hitters than he did complete games without a walk. <laughs> Final one here. I found a Nolan Ryan quiz on the internet. These are all these are all uh, user submitted questions. So I'm gonna ask you this question that was submitted. I don't know if this is Twitter handle or just you know on this this message board. If this is their their username, Damio34. So it might be a Nolan Ryan fan with the number yeah. 34 there. This this was their question. I want to see if you can answer it. Throughout Nolan Ryan's career, he moved around the country playing for different teams. Which team did he not play for? Which team? Which team did he not play for?
1: <laughs> I can name about uh,
0: 29 of them. <laughs> no, 28. 28. So this is more applicable to, like, Edwin Jackson or Ricky Henderson, but this is the question. <laughs> All right. And there is the answer is uh, the Cleveland Indians. Huh, that's actually accurate. It's not it is, in it its is tec- entirety. It is technically accurate. But <laughs> I, I, I
1: will give him a point for knowing that Nolan Ryan did not pitch for the Cleveland Indians. Very good.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Wait, Thank you, Damio34, for that great <laughs> question.
1: That's pretty funny.
0: Uh, one more thing I wanted to cover about. So the uh, w- and we had talked about this a while ago about the, I guess they call it the Modern era committee voting people into the Hall of Fame. That came down a, a week or so ago, and Ted Simmons and Marvin Miller, really, I-, I don't think those are two guys that anybody had really talked about thinking that they would go in. Marvin Miller didn't want to go in. His family didn't want him to go in and they've already said they're not going to go to the- to the ceremony. And then Ted Simmons was kind of a surprise. Um, yeah, I, I think I I thought maybe we should do a show on both these guys just in the near future. Marvin Miller, you can really get into deep. Obviously, he's a he was a lawyer who helped uh, helped free agency come about. But Ted Simmons, probably not someone that most people knew a whole lot about. I know I didn't until I looked up his stats and and listened to some other podcasts about it. But Larry Walker did not get in. Very yeah. disappointing.
1: That's bit, that is disappointing. We have both been pulling for him.
0: Yeah. So also the the Ford C Frick Award was named, and and this is the where the announcer or, or a member of the media essentially gets into the Hall of Fame. They actually get into, they they say they're inducted into the Hall of Fame. They go into a wing of the Hall of Fame. Right. But I am I'm I'm a little steamed about this. I've I've settled down a little bit since it it was announced, but hawk harrelson will be enshrined in this wing of the hall of fame and i am none too happy about this
1: Uh oh oh man i didn't notice that or i would have prepared i I know you're not the biggest fan that's one way of putting it
0: no i mean okay I, i mean i've i've had a couple of personal interactions with hawk through work that did not impress me but beyond that i mean you've got some really great worthy people in this, in, in, that have won this award. You know, you've got Vin Scully. You've got, around your neck of the woods, you've got, you know, Dave Niehaus. you got Bill King from the A's, who's just incredible. You know, you've got these, these just absolute legends that were professional announcers. And then you've got freaking Hawk Harrelson, who might as well have been calling the game from the White Sox dugout. <laughs> I mean, he was... Uh, I understand there's homers but there's a point when when being a homer is too much and you're not actually giving people information or even describing anything that's going on in the game you're just yelling at an umpire for an inning and a half (laughs) or my favorites were at the end of his career when the when the white Sox would give up like a walk-off home run or something he'd essentially just mute himself and you would just be forced to watch the game with no commentary at all that's pathetic I am just, I am, I'm upset about this.
1: Yeah. I tell you what, man, I I get the Marvin Miller one. I understand. In fact, we did a, we did a show on the reserve clause and Kurt flood. I believe we talked a little bit about Marvin Miller. Um, so if you're here, if you listen, you can go back and listen to that one. It's actually pretty interesting. The story of free agency, but I mean, I, I get that he was a big piece of, of the future of baseball back then when the reserve clause was questioned. But I don't know if his family doesn't want him to go in the well, Hall he of said, Fame.
0: Well, he said himself he doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. He thinks it should be reserved for players, and he doesn't think he deserves to be there.
1: Well, the, you know, you got to give him credit for that.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, he's passed away, so he can't say no. Right? <laughs> they waited
1: until he died, and then they could force him into the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I want. I, I do think we should talk about Ted Simmons in the future. Just, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer now. He is, yeah. I didn't know much about him, and, and, you know, from what I can gather, you know, not a lot of people knew a whole bunch about him, but he seemed, you know, he was definitely a good player, but I think he's one of those fringe guys, kind of like, you know, Jim Rice is my guy that I always reference, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. definitely Harold Baines, uh, those kind of guys, so. The, The guys are just on the cusp. Yeah. All right, so this is the part of the show where we do our debuts. Uh, Obviously, we're in the offseason right now, so what we're doing right now is we're starting to take a tour through 42 minor league teams, these 42 minor league teams that MLB is threatening to disassociate with MLB, and it came out last week that now MLB is just threatening to disassociate everybody, being a petulant child and just saying, we might just do away with the minors because you're not giving us what we want. But we're going to just stick with these 42 teams. And today we're going to talk about the Staten Island Yankees. Nice. I know it's the Yankees, but we're still going to talk about them. Uh, They're uh, affectionately referred to as the Baby Bombers playing off of the Yanks, uh, the Yanks playing off of the Bronx Bombers nickname for the Yankees. They Mm -hmm. were brought to Staten Island. Now, last week we talked about the Billings Mustangs who had been around for a long time. The Staten Island Yankees have only been around since 1999, but they've been very, very popular uh, being a a Yankees farm club on Staten Island. Uh, They're the short season single A affiliate of the Yankees. They play in the New York Penn League at Richmond County Bank Ballpark. Since they were in, uh, formed in 99, they've won six league titles and nine division titles. A couple of notable things that have happened there. On June 20th, 2016, the team launched a campaign uh, to rename the organization the next season. So they, they didn't want to just be called the Yankees. They, so they opened it up to the fans to say, hey, what do you want us to be called? So these are some of the names that they, were, they, they came up with, the fans did. The Bridge Trolls, the Heroes, <laughs> the Killer Bees, which <laughs> oh, were the Astro fans there or 80s WWF uh, tag team wrestling <laughs>
1: My fans. thoughts went straight to being Brian Blair and whatever the other guy was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the Pizza Rats <laughs> and the Rock Pigeons. So, okay,
1: well, those are interesting names.
0: Yeah, I'm not really down with, I mean, the Bridge Trolls, uh, that might have gotten my vote if I had to vote. So get this, ultimately the team decided, no, we're just going to stick with Yankees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good thing they jump through those hoops, I tell yeah, you. They,
0: they're like, hey, fans, we're going to leave this up to you, unless we don't like any of your suggestions. The Staten Island Yankees have a mascot. It is, holy cow, So this mascot named Holy Cow, obviously after uh, Phil Rizzuto's catchphrase, Holy Cow. Scooter debuted for the Staten Island Yankees when the franchise relocated from Watertown in uh, 1999. In the summer of 2003, they introduced two additional mascots, because you can never have enough mascots. The uh, Baby Bombers debuted Scooter's sister, Red and Huckleberry, or Huck for short. (laughs) So... Congratulations. That's grand. Yeah, Yeah. that's fun. A couple of notable players that have uh, made their way through the Staten Island Yankees as players coming up. Willie Mopena, uh, Mm -hmm. Francisco Cervelli, the milkman, Melky Cabrera, Robinson Cano, uh, the uh, dugout banger himself, Brett Gardner, and Chin Ming Wong. Not bad. No, some good some good players there. Notable managers. These are kind of, these. this is what I found more entertaining than the players that had come through. So Jody Reed managed wow. for a half a season uh, for them. I remember him most with the uh, Red Sox, but then I remember, Jody he, Reed. I think he finished up with the Padres too.
1: I remember him as a Red Sox player, yeah.
0: He had a good mustache, good mustache. He did. Tommy John managed this team at one point. Interesting. And the Stanker. Do you remember the Stanker? Stanky? Andy Stankiewicz.
1: Andy Stankiewicz. No, I, did, I mean I remember him now, but I wouldn't have come up with it.
0: Yeah, so he managed the team for a while as well. Uh, they've retired two numbers, uh, both uh, both big Yankee names. One number six for Brett Gardner, and one number seventeen, which is what Robinson Cano wore when he was there. So. so. Well, I
1: hope Staten Island gets to keep their team.
0: I hope, oh, yeah, I hope I hope they do, and I hope at this point all minor league <laughs> teams do since MLB's decided that they want to be a villain more than anything.
1: And, yeah, I guess so, man. I, I tell you what, these, these teams are important to their communities most of the time, so it's kind of a bummer. It's not a small deal. That's why we keep talking about
0: it. You know, I think this latest threat of them to disband the minor league system as we know it in its entirety is probably a bunch of, uh, you know, puffing their their chest out and trying to trying to get something from them but these 42 teams it's still very serious that these two that these 42 teams might lose their affiliation which is which is awful yes all right so that's going to wrap up our bp segment uh this is uh one of our uh, tales from the dugout episodes today we've got a whole bunch of smaller stories that don't fit into our longer form format. So we're just gonna hit you up with a couple of smaller, quicker stories that we couldn't fill the whole time out with. Uh, So I see the ground screws working exceedingly quick today and I've already finished up, Mark. So do you want to, you want to start us off?
1: Sure, man, I I have uh, something interesting that I'd like to talk about a player that I had heard the name, but didn't know a whole lot about. So uh, the guy's name is Mule Suttles. George Suttles is his name. They called him Mule. Yeah. Mule, um, obviously not because he's a base dealer. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing that
0: came to my mind. Right.
1: Mule Suttles hit a lot of home runs in the Negro Leagues. And he's an interesting sword. I tried to find a lot of information about him because I wanted to do a whole show on him. Um, But he's interesting in the manner of he never did anything really wrong. He was very soft-spoken and um, didn't get involved in – team's uh issues except for he was a leader and a father figure to a lot of these players in the negro leagues um he he was way better than what his reputation has allowed he used to hit just a ton there's stories all about his his home runs did you know that he actually hit more career home runs in the negro leagues than josh gibson
0: wow really i didn't know that
1: that blew me away. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. So it, he has uh, 237 lifetime Negro League home runs. That is a lot because the yeah. Negro Leagues were not around for the longest period of time. So that's a ton to shove into one little time period. Um, here's something. I said he was soft-spoken. Well, you know the term, speak softly and carry a big stick. Well, that was mule startles, okay? Now, we, we've gone over – we've done shows on bats, and not the nocturnal creatures. We're talking about the hitting implements.
0: <laughs> um, would, we have. And, and
1: remember we talked about Ruth's bat? Yes. Remember how heavy it was?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, what is was it, 46 ounces or something?
1: 46 ounces. Not to be outdone, Mule Suttles swung a 50-ounce bat.
0: Jeez. He swung I'm not a even tree. Sure I could, I'm not even sure <laughs> I could lift that, let alone swing it.
1: 50 ounces. I read that and went, (laughs) what? Um, But yeah, no joke. That's insane. Uh, He, uh, he hit 329 career in the Negro Leagues. He had 171 doubles over a thousand hits, played 870 games. He even stole 46 bases. So it's not like he was super slow. There are some quick mules out there. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, There's some interesting stories about Mr. Suttles. He, uh, he was, he was just, like I said, he's the kind of guy that stayed out of trouble. Family man. You know, married and had kids, and and was a father figure to uh, a lot of the players. Um, but there's some interesting stories. Willie Wells, he tells a story. Um, they were playing; Mule was playing in Havana's Tropical Park, so we're in we're in Cuba, and he hit a home run over the fence that was 500 feet away and 60 feet high. Okay, according <laughs> according to this story. Okay, I'm not even making this up. And it said it not only went over the fence, but it went over the heads of all the horseback soldiers providing crowd control behind the fence.
0: What? First of all, why did there need to be crowd control behind this fence It was 500 feet away and 60 feet tall? That I
1: couldn't figure out either. But, uh, yeah, 500-foot home run, cleared it, cleared the people behind the fence. You know, that's pretty powerful, I would say. That's 50 ounces of nothing but hard lumber smacking the ball. I mean, that's impressive. He also was known, um, he hit the first home run in the East-West All-Star Game. He homered five times in the All-Star Game. Uh, Here's my favorite story. In 1929, according to this story, again, he hit three home runs in the same inning against the Memphis (laughs) Red Sox. Okay? Three home runs in the same inning. This is the best part. He came up for the fourth time and the opponents just left they got they left the Mercy field they, they were like forget it. he's rule. gonna hit it out of the park <laughs> again. he's gonna clear the you know the the soldiers on horseback whatever and three runs <laughs> in one inning we're not standing out here anymore. so they just left.
0: Oh, I imagine at that point they had to have given up about 17 runs in that half inning already so it's true <laughs> I mean, they, they probably left permanently, like left the game, because that's that's a big smack in the
1: face. Uh, so that was that was interesting. He he had quite the reputation, but he was not the kind of guy that was a showboater. You know, like some of the other great Negro League players, Satchel Paige comes to mind. You know, and those guys did whatever it took to put butts in seats, and that that was great. Um, Mule Suttles, straightforward. Give me my huge, ridiculously sized bat, and I'll go hit a home run. Point me to the plate. I'm good, and that was Mule Suttles. He actually was elected to the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee, as were a number of Negro League players, and deservedly so. I got to say that the the guy had an amazing career. He may be the best player you've never heard of.
0: Now I've heard of him. And there you you're go. Right. Now he's not. You might have been before that,
1: <laughs> right? So that was that's the story of Mule Suttles. You know, he uh, most of the guys I talk about died tragically. You know, at the age of 24. And stuff like that. Not mule. He went on, and uh, he did pass away of cancer. But he was in his seventies.
0: I'm going to assume he passed away in his sleep with a smile on his face, because yes. be a be a different ending for most of your
1: story. <laughs> I know most of mine end in tragedy. Not this one.
0: Well, I've got another. I've got a, another name that I had never heard of. You ever heard of Charlie Faust? I have not. Well, his nickname was Victory. So I'm sure you've probably heard of Victory Faust, right?
1: Well, now, why didn't you say so? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I'd never heard of this guy before I, mm-hmm. I saw something. So this guy, Charlie Faust, he shows up at Griffith Stadium in St. Louis, 1911. New York Giants are there playing. I, I've got to assume it's the Cardinals. I think The Cardinals played in Griffith. Or I, it was either Cardinals or the Browns, obviously. I'm going to go with Cardinals for the sake of me not completely researching this. 1911. So he shows up there. New York Giants are there. Faust is in the grandstands during Giants batting practice, and he heads down down to the field and walks up to the manager, John McGraw. So I guess at this point, you know, if you wanted to come down from the stands onto the field, yeah, sure. Come on down.
1: Give a, little, give a little unsolicited advice to the players the manager. <laughs> they like that. They, they've yeah, always sure. liked that, to be honest. Yeah, they love to so, be given advice.
0: So Faust walks up to, to John McGraw, legendary manager, John McGraw. And he says this to me. He says, "Listen, I was back home in Kansas, and I, I went to a fortune teller, and this fortune teller told me that if I pitch for your club, you're going to win the pennant this year." Little little knowledge off the top here. Uh, Faust had no pitching ability at all. He was not a baseball player, not as you know, never played at any level. Just some intestinal fortitude here to walk up to John McGraw. First of all, just from down, again, from the stands onto the field and said, I pitch for you. You win. McGraw was more than justitious. He was, he, as we like to say, superstitious. Sure. So McGraw says, OK, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a tryout. So he gets on the mound. And you you know what Bugs Bunny looks like when he winds up. Right. You know, he takes like five to 10 seconds. His arms are, you know, arms and legs spinning and moving as if independent from his body like michael flatley lord of the dance so <laughs> what i've d- just done there is i've made an office and a friends reference within this last paragraph so nice <laughs> that that's an accomplishment okay so he, he you know this big wind up the ball comes in maybe 50 miles per hour tops mcgraw was catching him himself didn't even use a glove just <laughs> he like catches it barehanded but as i said he was super superstitious. So he puts him on the team. He's like, All right, I want we haven't won for a couple of years. You're on the you're on the team. Puts oh him in uniform, sits him at the end of the bench, never plays him. He's basically just like a, a good luck charm down there. So the end of the season, the Giants have clinched the league title. They're playing with nothing to lose. You know, that whoever wins the, the league goes to the World Series. So they've already wrapped that up. Faust gets into two games at the end of the season. And believe it or not in two innings he only gave up one earned run on two hits. Oh, that's so, better
1: than a lot of uh, relievers I've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean he ended up with a career war of 0.0. 0. Like he's he, I mean hey, impressive. I'd be proud. I've I've got a I've got a guess that he went in there and like just threw so soft that you know after seeing 70 80 miles per hour from other guys he's you know throwing these Evas pitches and people are just swinging from their heels and just completely missing it. But yes. what he was effective, whatever. So the giants went on to win the pennant and Faust was invited back to spring training the next season. Uh, he didn't make the team, but you know, he, he got a, they, they weren't giving out world series rings at that point, but he was a member of a world series team couple of years awesome. later, he was ad- admitted to a mental institution. Should have been my
1: story, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: thought, I thought that should have happened when he just walks out of the stands and is talking about a fortune teller. But uh, the uh, the article I read said that he then died... Yeah, you should have. this should have been your story. He then died of tuberculosis at age 34.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, not a but, way I wouldn't want to go.
0: But, okay, now this is where it's a little weird because according to Baseball Reference... Faust was born in 1880, but there is no date of death listed for him on Baseball Reference. Mm. So my theory is that Charlie Faust may still be walking amongst us on this earth. With tuberculosis or not? No, I I think maybe he might be a vampire and they mistook (laughs) tuberculosis (laughs) for being a vampire. That is what I'm saying analysis they could come up with
1: (laughs) i I don't know what the deal is he keeps biting people in the neck Uh, tuberculosis so if
0: you if you if you know of a charlie faust let us know we'd like to talk with him i i think he might be still with us bet he's got some
1: good stories jeff we might have him on the show
0: (laughs) if we could have charlie faust on the show i i think i could eventually die or become a vampire a happy man
1: there you go we want to do it
0: remotely because otherwise he might bite us but
1: (laughs) Right. Just eat a lot of garlic. Get it all flowing through your system and then you don't have to worry about vampires. Hey, I have a question for you. He went to see a medium. Would a chubby medium be called a large?
0: So many rim shots these last couple of episodes. Hey, I tell you, I got a million of them.
1: Well, that's good. Um, interesting stuff, man. I had never heard that story. Guy got a full year on a baseball team and he couldn't even play.
0: I will sit at the end of the bench in uniform for anybody if they, want to, if they want me to do that.
1: I would sign autographs. Especially,
0: I think I think the minor league minimum is is like five hundred thousand, or the major league minimum is like five hundred thousand at this point. So I will be mm. happy to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, count me in. I'm a great professional bench warmer. I've done it my whole life. I Everything can sit with the best on. of them. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff, man. Um, I was thinking, which is new for me, um, but I was thinking maybe we should talk about. We've talked about historically about rules and so on. There's a bunch of rules that changed last year, and we got some new ones coming in this next season. I thought maybe we'd discuss it. First off, um, the roster size is increasing. We're going from 25 players to 26. And then when the rosters expand, instead of going to 40, they can only go to 28.
0: I like this, I do. Mm-hmm. I I, I'm not sure I care so much about the 26 during the regular season but I like the expanded rosters only being two extra guys because again I think we've covered this you know why do you play a whole season under one set of rules and then when you get down to the final stretch of the last month are you playing by different rules
1: yeah it's uh it's interesting and it will uh, as a scoreboard operator it will take in September games tend to take a long time because there are a hundred million players on it. <laughs> yes. And so there's just substitution after substitution after substitution in September. This, uh, this rule was probably made off of advisory from a scoreboard operator. So yep, it'll probably, it'll they, they
0: often take into account yeah. <laughs> people well, that are running the, the scoreboard, take them into account time. when making yeah. things up.
1: Yeah. Another thing is they have to start labeling players to be either a pitcher or a position player, or a two-way player.
0: Why? 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 First of all, if you label me, you negate me. That was either Dick Van Patten or Kirk <laughs> So there is our Wayne's World reference for today. Why so, do you have to label players?
1: Okay, because there is another rule. There's going to be a limit on the total number of pitchers per roster. Okay, probably thirteen. <sighs> um, why? I don't know how many. I I'm telling you, man. This is, I don't know the reasons, um, position players will not be allowed to pitch unless a game has a run differential of more than six or is oh, in extra innings.
0: I see. So they're, they're trying to stop these farcical, uh, games where, where they are sticking in players w- when the game is still theoretically within reach, but they don't want to exhaust their bullpen for the rest of the series. So. Hey, we're down by five. Let's have the shortstop pitch so that we don't screw up our bullpen for the rest of the week.
1: Right, exactly. There was, a, there's been an uptick. Um, there were 26 times that position players pitched uh, in 2016. I haven't seen anything after that. Um, yeah,
0: well, I mean, you, I mean, you and I there, have talked. There's been a, this last season. Well, there were a ton of them. In
1: 2019, there were 90. Wow. So it's moved along. Uh, so they're trying to get that under control I think um, I'm not I can't say I'm a fan of the rule. Yeah. I get it.
0: I get um, it but it, I think it's it's I don't think it's necessary. You not a control. Man manage, manage it the way you want to manage it.
1: So that's another interesting one. I didn't even know that was coming into play. that's how much I, I didn't know. either. You,
0: you you got me with that.
1: The last rule um, and this isn't nearly as exciting, but the minimum time on the injured list for pitchers, is gonna go from ten days to fifteen days.
0: Yeah, I think we didn't we talk about that just an episode or two ago and we're I all for so. it.
1: The ten day IL uh still gonna apply to position players. Yeah. But not pitchers. They have to go on a fifteen day injured list from now on.
0: No, I, that's so you don't you don't, you're not manipulating your, your rotation.
1: The phantom injuries, as it were. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I'm all for that one.
1: Oh well, that's pretty much what we got to watch for in 2020. It's going to be an interesting season, and we will definitely be discussing
0: it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, look for that. Hopefully, not not that last one. But I had uh, I had one more quick story I wanted to hit before we get into our Wax Packs heroes. We've talked about this a lot when we when we bring up somebody generally in a BP segment, and then for like the next four episodes, we have additional information on them. <laughs> So our guy of the moment right now is E.G. Sawamura. Remember the guy that the essentially the Cy Young Award in the uh, Japanese League is named after this guy. And the award we've talked about was was named after him actually almost a decade before the Cy Young was named after Cy Young here in in the uh, in the majors. So I actually found a little bit more information about Sawamura and he's really an interesting guy. And it's really reminiscent of somebody that we've talked about. Mark, you did a story about Jackie Mitchell Mm -hmm. uh, Mm a good good while ago, since we're almost at episode 50 here. But uh, remember, Jackie Mitchell was the woman who struck out both Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in 1931. Yes. And sure, there was some, you know, it was an exhibition game. There's thoughts that Ruth and Garrick might have been in on it. But it's a great story, and she was a a, a pioneer uh, in terms of women in, in, in baseball. Well, this uh, comparing that to Sawamura, let's jump back into the Wayback Machine. November 20th, 1934, and E.G. Sawamura is 17 years old at this point, and he is facing facing a visiting team of all-star players from the major leagues, from from the United States. And this still happens where after the World Series, a, a team of kind of all-stars from Major League Baseball will go over and they'll play a, an all-star team from the NPB. Uh, so this team in 1934 included Babe Ruth, Double X, Jimmy Fox, uh, Biscuit Pants himself, Lou Gehrig, which I prefer that nickname better than the iron horse. I love it. <laughs> yeah, And Charlie Geringer, who you and I had talked about recently. Yeah.
1: One of my favorites.
0: So uh, he enters the game in the fourth <laughs> inning, and Sawamura is still a high school pitcher at this point. He is he's not yet in the, in the professional league, but he's still a high school pitcher. He struck out nine batters and holds the American All-Stars to a single run over five innings. That wow. that one run was a home run by Lou Gehrig in the seventh inning, and that that one run settled Sawamura with the loss. But during those five innings that he pitched, he managed to strike out Gehringer, Ruth, Gehrig, and Jimmy Fox in succession. So four Jeez. in a row, he struck them out. Wow, incredible! They, Connie they Mack.
1: Had by that point in Japan, that's
0: impressive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Connie Mack. <laughs> was managing this American team. And he was so impressed with Sawamura's performance that he tried to sign into a major league contract right there. I would have too. <laughs> <laughs> but Sawamura refused to go. He he didn't want to leave home. And then he went on to have a great career in the uh, in the NPB for the, for the Giants. But that was incredible. I mean, the, to strike out those... And I doubt those four players... I doubt that there was any sort of, hey, let's let's do this thing for publicity like they, they might oh. have done with Jaguar Mitchell. No I, way. I, I guessing that they were they were not up there. I mean, sure, I'm sure they weren't in peak physical shape, but I'm sure they were not there to be embarrassed. And,
1: oh, and, and that's exactly it. In, in these exhibition games, they like to the show off. They like to give the fans what they wanted. And so they would have been out there trying to pound it over the fence. That's impressive, yeah. man.
0: Wow. So there you go. Eiji Sawamura. The more you know,
1: and the greatest pitchers of all time, apparently.
0: One of them, definitely, yeah. <laughs> all right, so that's going to wrap up our uh, kind of our shorter stories here for uh, Tales from the Duck Always fun um, to, to, I mean, <laughs> there are so many of these little stories around baseball. I, I don't think we'll ever run out of, uh, oh, no. out of material, uh, both player wise and in these shorter ones. But what uh, that does do is that now leads us into one of our most popular segments. It is time now for Wax Packs Heroes.
1: It's a song, man. Gotta pull
0: the wax back, hero. The stars in All right, so Wax Packs Heroes. If you are new to the show, this is when we've got some old Wax Packs. We actually don't have an actual Wax Pack today, but we just take packs of cards from the Junk Wax era of the late 80s, early 90s. And we open them, we each pick a pack, open them, and then compare their value and see who ends up with the most. We are using a Beckett Baseball Card Monthly from that era, just so that most of these cards have some value. We are using the May 1992 edition with uh, Mr. Steve Avery on the cover. Uh, We do have a couple of uh, additional rules. If the player is sporting a mustache, as was almost mandatory at that time in the majors, you get an extra cent. And if they are now a Hall of Famer, you get an extra five cents. So that is how we do our scoring. Right now, the standings, uh, Mark, you've you've made it close. I am at eight wins, and you are at seven. So you have a chance to tie me up with a good showing here today.
1: It was uh, I was behind by a bunch, you know, at one point. You, yeah,
0: you uh, were down by like two or three. Today we are opening one of my favorite cards, 1988 score. And they oh, my score. favorite just cuz the pictures are great. They're great cards. Um, colorful. Yeah, yeah, they're colorful. Not a wax pack. Again, we've talked about this. This is one of uh one of the things that people enjoyed about Score is uh you didn't have the gum. You had the <laughs> the the wax was not going to get on the cards. I loved it because if you can see if you press, you can see to the uh, who the first and last card is in each pack
1: did that a lot back then you know you find you find these score packs at some big store and you just start looking at oh look at that Cal Ripken jr i guess i'll buy this pack
0: yeah so i can tell you uh on one of them is a cub and actually you've got a cub on both of the 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 first card is a cub on both of these packs that's all i'm going to tell you uh so you've got left and right which one would you like to go with
1: one with the cubs player Okay, Sorry. so you're going
0: to let me pick for you.
1: It had to be difficult. Uh let's go with the right hand. Right. All right. right. All
0: right. So you're going to take the one on the right. We are going to open up our Beckett and uh let's see what we get. So let's open this up. Again, no actual whack. Oh boy. The the last player in this pack, I'm just going to keep quiet. Oh boy. Oh boy.
1: Man, can't wait.
0: I might just go ahead and let you uh, just give you the win already. In Ooh, this. I picked
1: the right pack, maybe.
0: Well, I you, your first player is a Hall of Famer, and your last player is a Hall of Famer, so nice. you are you're you're starting off on on the good
1: lead right there.
0: So your first player is uh, somebody we've talked about quite a bit recently. Uh, second baseman, Hall of Famer for the Chicago Cubs, Ryan Sandberg.
1: Gotta yeah, love him, man. Another guy that Man. spoke softly and carried a big stick, hit a ton of home runs, played great defense. Man, Ryan Sandberg, arguably the best second baseman to ever played.
0: So Ryan Sandberg's card is worth twenty cents right off the bat, and then he is a Hall of Famer, so that's a that's a twenty five cent card right there. And I don't believe
1: he ever wore a mustache.
0: No, I don't think he did. He's wearing some real stirrups in this uh, picture, and they've got the Cubs. they have got the pullover jerseys. Just and he's got some flip-down sunglasses on too, just uh, a classic. Looks like this was taken probably pretty early in the year. He's wearing long sleeves, and I don't see any ivy on the on the uh oh, yeah. back there. But that's a good card for you to start off with. All right, next we've got R.J. Reynolds, outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates.
1: I remember him? Was he a center fielder?
0: Uh, I just says outfield. Wasn't the tobacco guy. <laughs> no, that <laughs> that he was not the uh, the subject of thank you for smoking the movie. No, this is a good looking card though. He's got the, the pirates. I don't remember this wearing ye- gold batting helmets with a black brim. But there he is. Uh, they've got pullover jerseys as well. But that card is not worth anything. It does look like he does have a pretty thick mustache, and he does on the back too. So I'll give you a cent for that. The point. Here we got a spring training picture of Larry Parrish with the Texas oh, Rangers. Yep. Uh, Larry Parrish was he catching? Uh, he's listed as just a DH here.
1: Um, I remember. I remember him going to Japan for some reason. It was. I remember him signing with a team in Japan, but uh, he played for a bunch of different teams. I think.
0: Yeah. So he had uh, came up with the Expos and then the Rangers for the first what, uh, 13 years of his career, just to those okay. two teams. But I I believe you're right. I think he did go to Japan. But uh, no value on that card and no mustache. Nope. Oh. Next, we've got Marvel Win <laughs> with the San Diego I, Padres.
1: All I remember about Marvel Wynn is that I used to get a lot of his cards.
0: Well, you got another one. <laughs>
1: Lucky me. Uh,
0: yeah, so that is not worth anything. And... Wow, he has got a gap in his teeth. He looks like Easy e with that gap. <laughs> uh, you, nice. I can only tell from the back of the card. Now, I can't see a mustache on the front, but on the back picture, he's got one, so I'm going to give you a cent for that. Okay. Appreciate right. the honesty. No, oh, this is a great one. Outfielder, right fielder for the Oakland A's, Mike Davis.
1: A oh, man. I love Mike Davis. He a, was wisp- awesome.
0: a wispy gentleman, not <laughs> not very thick. Uh, now he has got, I love it because he's wearing glasses, and this is back in the days when players would wear glasses that were not, like, not sports specs or goggles. These are just le- legitimate glasses that he would go to dinner in, and they cover half his face. Um, but I'm going to guess that that's probably not worth anything. It's not. Uh, he does have a mustache. So you do get one cent for that. Uh, here you got uh, Orioles second baseman DH Allen Wiggins.
1: I remember Allen Wiggins. Um, wasn't he a Padre? I thought I remember. Yes, him as a he padre. came up
0: with came up with the Padres. Yeah, but uh, he is not worth anything. He does have a mustache, like I said, mm, kind of compulsory beautiful. at this time. Is uh, somebody you might know of wearing a mustache outfielder for the Mariners, John Moses.
1: Oh sure, I remember John Moses. Yep, he nothing really stands out, but he was a pretty solid ball player.
0: Well, this picture makes him look like he's about three foot two. He was a small guy. Looking on the back, he is listed at five nine, weight one sixty five. So Ow. I'm guessing he is not taking a uh, a fifty ounce bat up to the plate.
1: Probably not, since they weigh the same. <laughs>
0: All right, so he is wearing a mustache, so that runs your total up to 30, about halfway through the pack. Next, you've got Bill Schroeder, catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: I don't remember anything about that guy.
0: I remember his name. Again, the Brewers with the pullover jerseys there as well. But uh, wearing real stirrups, give him a plus for that, but there's nothing there. Wow, you've got a great pack here. Yeah. No, I'm saying that because I know your next card and I know who your final card is. Uh, Your next card, Hall of Fame outfielder, right fielder for the San Diego Padres, Mr. Ah. Padre, Tony Gwynn.
1: One of the greats of all time. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Tony Gwynn's uh, bizarre records of not swinging and missing and stuff like that on a different episode.
0: Yeah. Now, this card, of course, being a Hall of Famer and you know he's mustachioed, the card is worth 10 cents. So that is a sixteen cent card for you right there.
1: I've gotten entire packs two weeks in a row without getting sixteen cents.
0: Yeah, I know, and you're up to forty six <laughs> cents right now. So, oh my boy, that's a that's a good one. Uh, next, we've got Mike Tinyfelder. Tinyfelder. I remember him too. Trying to remember, I can't remember who he played for. Well, here he's with the Brewers. Um, looks like he came up with the Brewers. I know he was on the Mariners at one point. Was. Now, he's not wearing a mustache in the picture on on the front of the card, but he is on the back. So I'm going to go ahead and and rule that a no, just because you've already I remember,
1: I remember something (laughs) about Mike Felder, because it was Mariners and Astros that made a trade.
0: Oh, that's right. He was on the Astros, too. That's right.
1: They wanted Eric Anthony, who was a big draft pick, power hitter, and they gave up to get him Mike Felder and Mike Hampton. Oh, Mike Hampton. Yeah, yeah, not a bad player in his own right.
0: Now I'm going to take issue with Mike here because he is wearing uh, the fake stirrups, the socks that just have the lines, you wow. know, sewn into them. That's not a good look. Not a good look at all. No. All right. Uh, next, oh boy, Buddy Biancalana. There's a oh, name man. I have not heard
1: forever. I haven't thought of Buddy Biancalana in a long time. Dave Letterman used to drop his name once. Yes, in a while.
0: he did. That's right. Because. <laughs> I mean, Buddy Biancalana, that's a great name, but uh, boy, I have not heard that name forever.
1: Here he is with the
0: Astros.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot about him. He was, uh, oh, man, Letterman used to just like, he was his ultimate baseball reference. He,
0: well, I mean, yeah, he's got to be. That name is great, Biancalana. <laughs> uh, but he is wearing a mustache here and the Astros with pullover jerseys. You know, that might be a future rule. If you're wearing a pullover jersey, you get an extra, extra cent. I think, I think next week we're going to institute that one as well.
1: We subtract a penny, though, for the fake stirrups?
0: Yes. Oh, my God. We're coming up with some great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty soon it's going to take 10 minutes to, to just go through the rules, but I like it. I like it. All right. So that's one cent that bumps you up to 47 cents. You're having a great Ooh. pack. Uh, next, we've got Mark Clear, pitcher for the uh, Brewers. I'm not not familiar hey. with Mr. Clear complete blank on that one but he is uh he is mustachioed so you do get score the point i think you've got oh like two guys that haven't had a mustache i know uh, sandberg
1: never did but no yeah, I yeah. Think everybody's got a mustache it's just that, t- that time that era
0: all right so here's another mustachioed pitcher for the astros charlie pulo i do not remember charlie pulo at all oh charlie pulau is that how you say it p-u-l-e-o
1: I, I think charlie palau is different he's uh yeah that doesn't
0: player i don't think i don't think palau charlie, you get that from P U L pulio paleo Puleo, Puleo? maybe point being i've never heard of him i yeah, mean either card is not worth anything but he is wearing a mustache
1: just so we don't end up in kangaroo court i know it was charlie Lau, folks
0: I oh was charlie familiar. Lau, the the hitting uh guru that's right <laughs> Not, I know very
1: cool, out All right, no need to, to write in unless you're going to say, "Mark, you're so funny."
0: Uh, yeah, probably not going to happen. Yeah, I never uh, <laughs> Moving on, uh, relief pitcher for the Royals, Steve Farr with two R's.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember the name. Couldn't tell you a lot about him.
0: Yeah, I, re- I think he he was around for a good a good deal, but he was wearing a mustache. Uh, Steve Farr Yeah, I remember he he played for quite a while. Boy, another good card here for you another cub wearing a pullover jamie moyer
1: ha <laughs> ha a seattle legend pitching for the cubs
0: now yeah so he was a rookie in 86 in 86 he was a rookie didn't he retire in like 2010
1: or something like <laughs> yeah he played forever he did. wow because he pitched jamie for the moyer. phillies until um 2010 and then i think he went to the rockies um,
0: yeah, he pitched, he pitched absolutely forever. That card, unfortunately, though, is not worth anything. No, but it is to me. Yeah, it's a good card. Uh, relief pitcher for the Brewers, another pullover jersey. I don't remember this guy, Jay Aldrich.
1: Um, Yeah, I remember him a little bit. Uh, I recall, did he play for Milwaukee or did you already say that?
0: Yeah, he he's with Milwaukee here.
1: Okay, you probably already said it and I thought I was smart by repeating it. I don't couldn't tell you a whole lot except um I think I think he was one of the replacement players in the strike season. I don't,
0: I don't know because he if he was he would not be a member of the MLBPA and you wouldn't I, be on a baseball card.
1: I I may be wrong but I it, for some reason he stands out to me as one of the one of the replacement players. I could be wrong.
0: Hmm. Or our, oh, our well, let me know. <laughs> Well, I mean, cuz on the back of this there there is the MLBPA logo. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look into that for the next show, but that is not worth anything. But that does take you to your final card and it is not often on this show where we uh when we open these cards we get our all-time favorite player in a pack. <laughs>
1: How about that?
0: But you have done that, so you know that, that that you've got a Hall of Fame player with no mustache, Mr. Nolan Ryan. Wow,
1: I, I can I can retire now from the show. <laughs> I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> so that card is listed as 25 cents plus the five cents for being a Hall of Famer. That's a 30 cent card. Nice,
1: uh, man, you can't beat just just the idea of
0: pulling Nolan Ryan from a pack is is uh, warms my heart. So that brings your grand total to 80 cents. Like that is unheard the, of. That might be an all time high for you. Unheard of. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, what a pack here. you got three Hall of Famers and Buddy Biancalana. So four. And yeah. Jamie Moyer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. But yeah,
0: so so how are you going to rank those three Hall of Famers? Nolan Ryan, Tony Gwynn, Ryan Sandberg. What order should I put them in? I, I'm going to guess you're going to go Nolan Ryan first.
1: You know, out of just pure respect for the talent, Tony Gwynn, just such a unique talent that he would definitely be second. <laughs>
0: one a one b and one c but that is a incredible pack that you just pulled there yeah
1: and i'm a huge fan of all three of those guys so that's pretty awesome
0: yeah no all three just great players that we that we both really like all right so that's going to be a this is going to be a uphill challenge to to pull 80 cents from my pack but here we go and i can see alan allensby or andy allensby is my final card so i'm well on my way
1: you are a lucky man
0: all right. So I told you that there was a cub on the uh, on the, you know, first player on this pack as well. And uh, it is not Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg like you pulled. I got Keith Moreland. <laughs> a little oh, bit so of a, close. a difference. A third <laughs> baseman. I remember Keith Moreland. This is a, actually a really good card. He is filthy. He's wearing that cub pullover and he is filthy. Uh, it's at Wrigley Field. Um, I'm gonna guess that's probably not worth anything. It is not kind of he is journey, not wearing man. a mustache.
1: I actually remember uh Keith Moreland's nickname for some reason. They called him Zonk.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: <laughs> remember that?
0: I do remember that name.
1: <laughs> I don't maybe maybe they feel like they got the short end of the stick when they acquired him and he was a Zonk. I don't know. I don't know the reason behind it, but I remember Keith Moreland being zonk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I got zonked there. If this was like, yeah. let's make a deal, I got zonked because <laughs> that is not worth anything. Uh, next, uh, I have got one of my favorite Royals uh, rapping pitchers of all time, Mr. <laughs> Brett Saberhagen.
1: Brett Saberhagen. Man, he pitched, starting pitcher pitched forever.
0: So that, that is a four cent card. Unfortunately, though, no mustache for saves but he gets me on the board Uh, next we've got bearded reliever jeff reardon for the minnesota twins
1: i remember reardon
0: with montreal Uh, i do i remember him with the twins i remember him as a closer he was uh he was you know he wasn't the a level closer of like a dennis eckersley but he was a really good closer
1: was he? He was a closer for a, a good time. In fact, I think he was the saves leader career-wise for a while.
0: Mm, I'm not sure, but it got. But I, I know. He, I, yeah, I know he got a lot of a lot of saves. But that card is worth three cents, and he is was always bearded with a mustache. So that is a four cent card. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is I like this guy. He was on the A's for a season, season and a half actually. Pitcher for the Rangers here, fireballer Bobby Witt. Uh, that's a yes. good-looking card. He is in mid. Uh, it's taken at the Oakland Coliseum, I can tell, and uh, he's It's like just about to bring the ball forward to release it. A good action shot. Nice. But that card is not worth anything. He is not, not mustachio.
1: Interesting thing about Bobby Witt is his son, Bobby Witt Jr., is Short making stop. a name for himself in the minor leagues.
0: Yeah,
1: the stuff. Yeah, I assumed a- he was a pitcher. Yeah, he's a shortstop. He played at Oklahoma uh, University of Oklahoma, and he was. Yeah, he amazing. was. I
0: think he was the number one overall draft pick last year, wasn't he?
1: Might have been. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah. I know
0: he's he is very highly touted. Yeah, You're big good. time. Uh, next we got catcher for the Seattle Mariners, and it's not Dave Valley. Can you tell me he who is, it is? Scott Bradley. You got it. <laughs> Good job.
1: I know my Mariners.
0: <laughs> Scott Bradley, a, a, another very light hitting Mariners yeah. catcher, uh, not wearing a mustache, and that is not worth anything. Uh, next, we've got uh, Brewers DH Cecil Cooper. I remember Cecil Cooper. Yeah, that's right. Cecil. He didn't, wasn't he was, Cecil, it
1: wasn't Cecil. You, you can only call yourself Cecil if you hit 50 home runs in one game or in one season.
0: <laughs> in one game. Wow. No, you
1: got to hit four wow. in one game for the, for the players to walk off and leave you by yourself at the plate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Cecil Cooper, I was a rookie in 1971. Wow. wow. And here <laughs> he is in 1987, <laughs> Wow, actually 88. So I've,
1: wasn't he like a really good hitter for a while? He was a pretty feared hitter. Uh, so it. during oh. his
0: heyday in the early 80s, uh, home run totals 24, 25, 12, 32, 30. Average, wow, you're right. Average 300, 312, 308, 352. Uh, 352? Lifetime batting average of 298. Oh, that's rare. Wow. Yeah, it is. That's, I think we might need to look into Cecil and just get some some reference on his numbers, because those are some some pretty impressive numbers did manage the Astros for a while, too. Oh, did he? I did not know that. Yep. Yep. Not worth anything, but he is wearing a mustache. So uh, that's one cent. Uh, next, we've got, oh, boy, a lot of, I can't wait for this pullover rule to go into effect. Pitcher for the Mets, I don't remember this guy, John Mitchell.
1: No, I don't like anybody named Mitchell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a Sorry. failed shot at one of our friends. So <laughs> everybody else, just be aware that that was, that was shots fired. Uh, John Mitchell not worth anything and no mustache Uh, next we've got I like this guy this was uh, just a like grindy uniforms always dirty like it is in this picture he's wearing flip down sunglasses shortstop for the Texas Rangers Scott Fletcher
1: Uh, Scott Fletcher yeah Um, wasn't the biggest dude I don't think
0: Scott Fletcher is listed at 5'11 so a lot taller than John Moses I just remember (laughs) wrong but no, he's that's a good picture. He's wearing real stirrups. He's got the flip downs. He's his jersey's dirty. It kind of reminds me of my favorite Rick shoe card, but it's not, you know, it's not torn anywhere. No torn yeah. jersey. Right. Uh, but that unfortunately is not worth anything for me. Next, we've got uh, Expos pitcher warming up in Wrigley Field, Randy Saint-Clair. I remember Randy, sure. I believe we've talked about him. as... Mm-hmm. In terms of we remember his name, but not a whole lot. Not not worth anything. No mustache. Willie Frazier, pitcher for the then California Angels.
1: Willie Frazier. Name sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. Name sounds familiar. Couldn't tell you much. This was uh, he was just getting started. He does have a mustache. You know, with these scorecards, they've got a whole like novel on the back. I could read you a whole bunch about him, but. I don't think that we're going to do that, but I do get one cent on that one. So I'm at 10 cents now. So watch out. I'm okay. only 70 cents behind.
1: <laughs> oh, no, and modern baseball cards, you might pull an autograph or a parallel or something, but they didn't have them back then.
0: No, definitely not. Yeah, Next week here. We've got a uh, left-handed pitcher for the San Diego Padres, Mark Davis. Uh, oh, that, sure. Mark Davis. Yeah. Now Mark was, that's not storm Davis, right? Oh no. Different guy. I yeah. Think. A different guy. I think you're right because I think Storm Davis. It actually said Storm on his cards. Yeah, it did. He's uh, sporting a mustache on the back, but not on the front. So I'm not gonna not gonna take that. And he is not worth anything. Shockingly enough, here is a pitcher I have never heard. I I have looked through this set. I don't know how many times. I've got like two or three complete sets of this, and I don't remember this guy, Mike Loind, pitcher Point. for the uh, Royal uh, Rangers. L O Y N D.
1: I, uh, that's a complete blank for me. No yeah, clue.
0: Don't know. Not wearing a mustache. Not worth anything. Here we go. I remember this guy. I, I say here we go a lot in this, but uh, I remember this guy from when I first started getting into baseball and baseball cards. Never much of a player, but Joel Youngblood, outfielder oh, yeah. for the Giants.
1: I remember getting his cards. And being a Rams fan, I always wondered if he was related to Jack. Jack,
0: yeah. <laughs> He's got a very wide face. My goodness. His eyes remember, are like crawling to opposite sides of the
1: head. <laughs> kind of Uma Thurman ish,
0: or yes, <laughs> uh,
1: I remember. I remember him being a pinch hitter, like a really good pinch hitter. I may be wrong, but I, I kind of that's kind of what comes to mind.
0: Yeah. Well he's got a nice card here. He's it's in Wrigley Field. He's got real stirrups and a good. I like these these uh, Giants jerseys from uh, from eighty eight. It's a good uh, good pick good picture, but not worth anything uh here's a favorite as an A's fan Steve Ontiveros oh man
1: I I actually had to in, I had some interactions with Steve Ontiveros nice guy pretty darn good player at least in AAA he was pretty dominant
0: yeah he was I, I, he, he was kind of average in the big leagues but you know, he was around for a while I think he went to the Royals maybe at some point too but between Steve Ontiveros and Buddy Biancalana we've had some good names
1: yeah, yeah, he did pitch for the Mariners a short time, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah, I well, think
0: Well, that so. card is not worth anything. Uh, this card might be worth, well, I know it's worth one cent because he's wearing a mustache. My favorite Oakland A's reliever of all time, Mr. Gene Nelson.
1: Oh, legend, that guy.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to guess it's probably not worth anything. It's not. Now, if this was next week... He would be <laughs> negated from that mustache because he is wearing the uh the all in one socks stirrup monstrosity.
1: Oh yeah, those yeah, they would cancel each other out then.
0: Yeah, but boy, I love Gene Nelson. He was he was nails. He I he came in and I knew it was gonna be good. Yeah. Uh next catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, Jeff DeWillis.
1: Another I one I've drawn a blank on like three of your guys, man. Yeah,
0: I don't think DeWillis is worth anything. I'm mean, gonna just take a stab in the dark he is not and he is not mustachioed and then my final card as we have already discussed is catcher for the indians andy allenson
1: andy allenson your final card mine was nolan ryan very similar very
0: similar uh not worth anything but he does have a mustache so that brings my grand total to 12 whopping cents
1: <laughs> that's usually my pack
0: that was uh not i i what my best card might be Brett Saberhagen. <laughs> yeah I think it is actually you got a lot yeah. of mustaches though yo boy yeah a lot of mustaches so you really kicked my ass on that one um that, <laughs> well, there's no no sugarcoating it you you throw everybody has
1: dominated. a rough game once in a while you know every pitcher goes in and is out by the second or third inning once in a great while you know what can you say
0: uh, so, just a reminder: uh, we do. Uh, it takes takes me a little while because it takes a lot longer to edit these than it does our podcast. This uh, Wax Packs Heroes will eventually get put up on YouTube. There's always a link in the show notes to that. You can watch some of our past ones uh, between Mark and myself, as well as some of the ones that we do with our guests. Please check that out. Um, those are a little bit shorter, but they're on YouTube, and you can you know see all these cards, all these mustaches and fake stirrups that we that we talk about. But uh make sure to check that out. Also if you want to follow us on social media, we certainly appreciate that. We can be found at Two Strike Noise, that is at TWO Strike Noise on both Twitter and Instagram and uh i want to thank ev- all of our listeners again for just listening to us each week we really do appreciate it appreciate interacting with everybody on social media as well if you want to tell us that we did something wrong hit us up on kangaroo court see us get fined that's always fun or uh, maybe you've got an idea of somebody or something that you want us to talk about send it to us we're open we're, we're breezy I, right. I can't stop i've I'm catching up on Friends before it leaves Netflix, so I got a lot of Friends references going on. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, speaking of uh, doing this again, which nobody was, but I'm making an awkward segue, <laughs> do you want to uh, You want to do this again uh, right before Christmas, Mark, for another episode?
1: Let's do one more. Why not? Just Why one not? more.
0: Maybe we'll go on beyond that. But...
1: Yeah, maybe, but you know, I don't like to plan too long into the future. So <laughs> one more is fine.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for listening to us. And we uh, hope to see you again here on another edition of Two Strike Noise. Thank you.
1: God bless you. Have a great day.